Okay, so you want to know about KAP FM? That's fair. That is fair. Well, KAP FM is a digital book I am releasing in November. It is a book that is actually a collection of poems. So it's rather less than a book, more so than a collection of poems wrapped in, well, a virtual paper because it's not actually. It's well, digital, not virtual. <laughs> it's a digital, digital paper because it's virtually real, but it's only digital, it's not paper. So wrapped in digital paper, not an actual book. But yeah, the name of the poem, book, lack of a better title, book. The name of it is K-A-P-F-M, K-A-P-F-M. I get a lot of questions about K-A-P-F-M, actually, a lot of questions, most of them gearing towards the title, you know. No one wants to know exactly what the poem's all about, but... They definitely want to know what the hell does that title mean. It just, ooh, it must be an acronym. It is, actually, it's actually an acronym. K-A-P stands for keep a place, and then F-M is for me. So, in this sense, yeah, that's what it means, keep a place for me. Um, emotional uh, roller coaster that is the human life. You must learn how to keep a place for all of your emotions. Good, or your perception of good at least, and then the bad, the, the ugly, the beautiful, the mundane, the ordinary, and the extraordinary. You must keep a place for all of it because it exists. That what that which is felt must exist, right? So that's one way to look at the title, KAPFM. The other way to look at the title is the FM part, right? FM is a uh, broadcasting signal or frequency that you listen to music or just the radio on FM, FM radio. I'm sure you guys heard of it. Well, KAP is keep a place for me, broadcasting system. It's supposed to represent the energies, frequencies that we feel throughout our life. And how we vibrate on different, different frequencies based on the emotions and life's traumas and great, beautiful aspects of it and what it puts us through and what it is to us. So it's supposed to represent the frequencies that we vibrate on. Keep a place for me, FM. So that's the double entendre for the title. I always find it difficult to, uh, find it quite difficult to actually explain the title because it makes sense to me, but the more I talk about it, the more I feel like, ooh, I don't think people would get it. Which is, I mean, not necessarily a terrible thing. I would love for them to get my work, but that's the point. For them to get it, and, excuse the fan, for them to get it, so it makes sense. You know, I share my work in order for people to reflect on themselves, you know, to see themselves or see someone else that they know in my work. And maybe it changes the way they think. Maybe it changes the way they react. Maybe it's just the light at the 
end of a dark tunnel. Or maybe it is the darkness showing you how dark the world can be, reminding you how important it is to be that light that you see in the world or that others see in the world. But of course, that's just me hoping that's what they take from it. Um, like any other work of art, it is subjective. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So what they take from it may not be what I intended for them to take from it. But as long as they take something from it, nonetheless, then I would have fulfilled my purpose. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny because me, I've been writing these poems for, I mean, for quite some time. Um, or at least I've been writing poetry for quite some time. Some of the poems are very old, very few, but some are very old and some are rather new comparatively. Um, but it's odd that writing those poems at each given time, I, I, I never, it never occurred to me that all of them would end up in just one collection. It's, it's, it's actually mind boggling because at each point when I wrote those play, plays, when I wrote those poems, they were all on different points in my life, during different periods, and I was experiencing different emotions, even, so, it's just, it's almost unbelievable to believe that they're all together, you know, all parts of me together, in one body of work. I remember when I was in high school, and this is uh, before I actually decided that acting is what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was a writer and I, like, I wrote a lot of stuff, mostly because I was uh, lonely, uh, bored, or just didn't have anything else to do, which would be bored. And I would just write and I, always imagined that maybe one day someone would read my work and be like, wow, this is good. You know, like even with, with teachers, when we had in my English class, when we would write things that were catered more to the creative side rather than the academic, it was, I would always just go or try to at least go above and beyond and just write as much as I could. And, go all crazy, you know, all out for it, and I always got good grades in English, especially my, when I took creative writing class, especially that, but especially, in, always in English, but I've never felt that the teachers actually read my work, at least not until I got into, not until, uh, what was it, senior year, senior year, when I took AP English, that was the only time when I felt like the teacher was actually reading my work, because she... I remember her, I remember vividly, and 
this is one of my, one of my proudest moments in senior year actually with uh, one of the strictest harshest I'm telling you harshest grading teachers just teachers in general she was AP English that I'm not gonna say her name but she was one of the harshest teachers ever like she would call your paper like you're stupid this is you're dumb or just like just stuff like that and I'm like wow man we we just trying to pass ma'am <laughs> you know she would but she would like let it rip and talk about how bad someone's paper was so you know knowing me I I mean knowing me I was I'm always confident in my ability my ability, especially when I feel like I can do something. So I always felt like, you know what, she's not gonna she's not gonna call me dumb. Because my paper, I'm not dumb. That's that, that's what it is, period. I'm not dumb. So she ain't gonna call me dumb based on my paper. And so I wrote. Yeah, um, first thing I wrote in the class was a poem. It was act which actually made it into my poem with KPFM. The um it's actually the last poem in the book. Last poem because it meant so much to me. Last poem, um, I made, and the first poem, the last poem in the poetry, but the first poem I ever wrote in that class, first thing I ever wrote in that class, which was happened to be a poem, was about, it was a who are you poem, who you are, like who are you, you're supposed to write a poem about who you are, um, could it be free verse, whatever way you want to do it, just write a poem, and then you're going to bring it to class, she can grade it, in the subject, it was, beginning of the school year and uh, first uh, real topic that we were talking about was poetry and so I wrote a poem I think it was leading to another book we was reading it was an AP English class so it was always geared towards the test but you know we did the poem everybody took their poem wrote it in I had a tough time actually writing that poem because at the time I was feeling a little down on myself. My uncle passed recently. I say recently, it was probably, a, it was less than a year ago, but it was still fresh to me. And uh, I was feeling a little doubt for some odd reason. I can't quite remember why. But anyway, that's beside the point. The point is I found it very difficult to write this poem for my class about who I am. So it took me a minute to write it. I say a minute, probably a day or two before it was due. And I, I wrote it in my notebook. It was just supposed to be scratched. And I was just, you know, just writing, just going on top of my head and just writing and writing. And I finished reading it and I read it. I mean, I finished writing it and I read it. And I was like, this is, this is good. I like this. Which, you know, might not be too extreme for you guys, but... For me, I uh, actually never been. Well, I'm gonna say I've never been. Of course, I'm fond of my work, but it's usually on like the second or third viewing of me reading something I wrote to be like, yeah, this is good. Usually, as soon as I, after I finish writing it, I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. I'm done. I'm done. That's what the, that's what pumps me to stop writing. I'm done. I can't do it. This is terrible. I come back a few days, maybe a few weeks. Actually, this is sometimes it was a few months, but I come back later and I read it and it'd be like, oh, this is actually pretty good. But this poem, as soon as I finished writing, I was like, this is good. I like it. it I feel like it really embodies me and I got all my emotions out that I was holding in. So I typed it up, gave it to my avid teacher. My avid teacher read it, proofread it for me. She did some 
some uh, grammar errors. Or she fixed them for me, um, and I, <laughs> I actually was expecting a big reaction out of her when she read it. Cause I thought it was really good, you know. But for some, this is really good. So when she read it, I was like, she was like, "This is really good." She's like, "Okay." I was like, "Oh, okay." But I'm still feeling it in, you know. It's due to day anyway. So yeah, that's what I did. I took it. I uh, took it after she went through. I went back, and made the uh, proper adjustment, adjustments, adjustments, and then and went to my English class. Turned it in. Then at the end of the day, she read it. And she told me to come to her desk. Came to her desk. She read it, and she was like, "This is a very good poem, my grandson." I'm glad she did it. She had she only had one suggestion, and that was that I change one word at the end. And for a long time, it bothered me because I don't like taking suggestions when it comes to poetry, because poetry is supposed to come from Within you, you know, your heart, your emotions—the most raw, pure form of yourself. No matter how it comes out, it comes out correctly because it's your emotions. And so, I had some time, like accepting that she wanted me to change that. I mean, I ended up changing it anyway. She's a teacher, but I changed it, and it took me a, a minute before I actually read it again with the change in it. And I, mean, I liked it, so I kept it. But that was the first time that she took interest in my writing. Second time, we had to write um, dialectic journals based on a character in a book. Um, my character was, it was from Grindel. My character was one of the uh, soldiers or heroes who was supposed to kill Grindel but didn't. And so I wrote some dialectic journals from, you know, from his perspective. And she just fell in love with him. She praised him. And that meant so much to me, how much she really enjoyed reading them, that she quickly became one of my teachers. <laughs> quickly, uh, so you, you ain't got to say no more. As soon as you show me praise, say, say no more. That's enough. You're my favorite. No, really, like, it meant a lot to me to have her, of all people, one of the strictest fucking teachers I ever met in my life, praise my writing. That made me feel great. And I loved it. And so, I appreciate that from her. Um, I think I appreciate that from her. She, I feel like she made me a better writer. A more, uh, how should I say, more well-rounded writer. That is what she made of me. And I appreciate that courtesy she showed me. I do. KP FM, out November 24th. Check it out. It's only $2.99, Amazon.com. Digital copies only. It is a, it is a journey, my journey. Your journey, her journey, his journey. It's the journey of the human life, of a human struggle. Experience it, accept it, love it, share it, embody it. Most importantly, learn from it. Take from it whatever you need 
wherever it is, wherever it may be, take from it. That's all I ask. <laughs> KPFM. Okay,